All right, hello students and welcome to our VFR chart symbology lesson. Before we jump into the lesson outline, one thing that we do want to point out, we know that a lot of you like to study these lessons via podcasts, and that does work for quite a few lessons here on Wi-Fi CFI, but that will not be effective for this lesson for obvious reasons. In this lesson, we're going to be looking at VFR sectional and terminal area chart symbology. So we're going to be looking at symbols. And doing this on a podcast is basically going to be pointless. We're still going to make a podcast out of it just so all of our lessons are uniform and the exact same. But again, you're going to want to watch this lesson or read through the lesson PDF that we have on the website. We are using the FAA Aeronautical Chart User Guide for our lesson today. We're going to be talking about VFR sectional and terminal area chart symbology. Uh, within that symbology, we're going to break it down into a couple different categories. We've got airports, radio aids to navigation, airspace information, and navigational information. It's going to be about 20 to 25 minutes or so between this presentation and then the quiz back on Wi-Fi CFI. So it's not going to be a very long lesson today. All right, we've got our instructor actions, our student actions to participate in the lesson, take notes, and our completion standards is to be able to understand and differentiate between the different symbols. A little bit of general information before we get started. What we're talking about here is that the symbols shown in this lesson will illustrate those that are shown on sectional charts and TACs, or terminal area charts. The same symbology is also used on VFR flyway planning charts. However, the scale and the symbols may be a little bit different due to chart sizes and chart scales. That's all we're saying with this first box here. Second one, this lesson is not going to illustrate well, we're not going to talk about every single VFR chart symbol that there is. However, we have done our best to highlight and explain the more common and important ones. If you ever come across a symbol that you've forgotten what it means, or you've never seen it before, you can always look it up on the FAA Aeronautical Chart User Guide on the FAA's website. Go to FAA.gov. You can find the FAA Aeronautical Chart User Guide. Additionally, this one's important. We will not be covering airspace in great detail in this lesson. We'll show some pictures of what different airspaces look like, but we're not going to be talking about entry requirements, uh, dimensions of the airspace, VFR weather minimums. We're not doing that because we do that in great depth in our National Airspace System lesson. So if you haven't seen that lesson yet and you want to know more about airspace, go watch the National Airspace System lesson. In this lesson here, we're basically just going to show you a picture of what the airspace looks like, but we're not going to be deep diving into what that airspace means. There are also some things on VFR chart sectionals that you'll find in our VFR um, flight planning lesson. And so the beginning of the flight planning lesson, there will also be some things in there. Again, today's going to be pretty quick, pretty simple. We're going to show you a picture of a, a symbol on a chart, and we're going to tell you what it is. That's basically about it, and then we'll have a quiz at the end. So let's get started with our first category, which is airports. First, we've got our civil land plane airports. Airports depicted in blue have control towers. All others are shown in magenta. So you can see we've got our blue airports right here. Those are towered airports. <clears throat> magenta airports are untowered. The tick marks on them indicate service availability, fuel availability, all recognizable runways, including some that may be closed, are shown for visual identification purposes. Some runways here. And runway patterns will be depicted at airports. 
that have at least one hard surface runway that is 1,500 feet or longer in length. So they'll actually depict the direction of the airport if it's 1,500 feet and hard surface. Here's what civil military land plane airports look like. All right, so this is civil and military using the same airport. It's got little tick marks on it to show fuel service availability. Military land planes look like this. So this is just military. There are no civilian operations here. They're nice and smooth. No tick marks, right? Refueling and repair facilities are not indicated on these ones. You can think of it like these are handcuffs. If you land at this airport, these nice smooth handcuffs, you will probably be leaving in handcuffs. So don't land there. And we've got our heliport and a civil seaplane. So the H's are heliports, remember? Non-towered here, towered for the blue. Seaports, non-towered here, towered for the blue. Heliports and seaports. Next, we've got some other airports. These are public use airports. You can see it's just an empty magenta circle. They have soft or hard surface runways that are less than 1,500 feet in length and fuel is not available at this airport. R, if you see a little circle with an R in it, that is a restricted or a private airport. It has soft or hard surface runways less than 1,500 feet in length and it's not public use, but it does have landmark value. So when you're flying along, you can look out the window as and use these as landmarks. There are going to be a few of these airport symbols on here that you can't really use, but they are good as landmarks. Objectional airports. An airport that has airspace determination based upon a number of factors, including conflicting traffic patterns with another airport, hazardous runway conditions, or natural or man-made obstacles in close proximity to the landing area. Not really good airports that you want to be hanging out at. All right. And they'll say objectionable next to it. You are unverified airports. It's a landing area available, but warranting more than ordinary precaution due to a lack of current information on field conditions. So it's really unverified on if it's a good airport to be landing at or not. I got a U unverified. One with an X. So our magenta circle with an X is an abandoned airport. Again, it's depicted for landmark value or to prevent confusion with an adjacent usable landing area. So say there's another airport that's close by, you don't want to accidentally be landing at the abandoned airport. They normally have at least 3,000 feet paved concrete. Ultraflight Park is an F and is depicted for ultralight aircraft. We've got these dark gray circles. These are foreign airports. So airports outside of the United States. Seaplanes, looks like that. This is a seaplane facility without fuel. This would be a facility with fuel, non-towered and towered. So fuel, because we got the circle and the tick marks, non-towered, towered. And a facility with a runway and a waterway. So you got the circle indicating that there's a runway here and then the anchor showing that there is a waterway. So these are all of our different types of seaplane airports. Airport data grouping is next. What we mean by that is on these charts, you will see a depiction of the airport and then a bunch of information underneath the airport, a bunch of words and symbols and stuff. We're going to talk about what these words and symbols mean and it's called the airport data grouping. First thing we see right here, FSS, that means that the flight service station is located on the field. So there's a flight service station here, it will say FSS. 
You notice that this one does not say FSS because there's no flight service station. No SVFR means no special VFR operations are allowed at this airport. If there is a square around the name right here, so you got the name of the airport and it's got a square at it, that means there are special traffic rules that are established for the airport. And then the name, NAM, or PNAM is the location or ICAO location identifier. So what is the airport? Uh, for instance, you got like uh, Ogden is OGD, right? That's the identifier. CT is next, CT-118.3. That is the control tower's primary frequency. Why is there a little star next to the 118.3 right here? That indicates that the control tower is only open part-time. It indicates part-time operations. You can basically think of that anytime you see one of these little asterisks in airport data grouping. It means part-time operations. So the control tower is not open 24-7. The C, you got our little dark blue C here in this uh, blue circle. That indicates the common traffic advisory frequency. So basically what this is saying is that the control tower is on 118.3. It's not open all the time because of our asterisk. And when it's not open, CTAF is 118.3. So then you're still using the same frequency, but now you're not talking to tower. You're talking to the common traffic advisory. And we got ADIS 123.8. That's our obviously our ADIS frequency for the field. Uh, you can also have ASOSs or AWOSs. It would be the same thing. 285. So what does this mean right here? This is the filled elevation in feet. So it is 285 feet above sea level. L, lighting operations. That's what this little L means. Okay. If there's a star next to the L, so there isn't one here, but if there was a little asterisk next to the L, that means there is some kind of lighting limitations or that the lights are just on part time. They're not on uh, sunrise to sunset. And you could look up those lighting limitations sorry, in the AFD. 72 is the length of the longest runway, so 7,200 feet. It's not 72 feet, all right? They leave off the last two zeros. It is 7,200 feet. Length of the longest runway at the airport, 122.95. We've got our Unicom frequency you can see right there. RP. 2334, this means that there's right traffic patterns for runway 23 and 34. VFR advisory, 125.0. So this is an advisory frequency for when ADIS is not available. So if for whatever reason ADIS wasn't available, you could do 125.0 to get VFR advisories. And last thing, what does this little AOE mean? That means that this qualifies as an airport of entry. If you were coming from a foreign destination. This would be an airport of entry since it has an AOE. This one does not, so can't use that one. These little stars right here, rotating beacons, right there. In operation from sunset to sunrise, they'll put little rotating beacons on the field. Okay, moving on now to our next section, which is radio aids to navigation. We've got our VOR. This is what a VOR symbol looks like, a very high frequency omnidirectional range. We're not talking about what VORs are in this lesson. You can go to our Navigation Aids VOR, DME, and GPS lesson to learn all about radio aids to navigation. We're just showing you the symbols here. DME looks like that, little square. That's our distance measuring equipment. 
If you combine them together, you take your VOR symbol, mix it with your DME symbol, you get one that looks like this, and that's a VOR DME. Vortex is a VOR combined with TACAM, which is military capability, and Vortex and VOR DMEs work the same for civilian pilots and civilian airplanes. This is an NDB symbol, non-directional beacon, if you see it on there. And if you take an NDB symbol and mix it with the DME symbol, it looks like that, and you get NDB DME. Basic symbols for radio aids to navigation. Compass Rose. The Compass Rose is reference-oriented to Magnetic North. So you notice that Magnetic North, the zero isn't right here because it's not, it is referenced, sorry, to Magnetic North. So this zero is kind of tilted, as you can see, and magnetic north would be somewhere up over here. The VOR information box. What does all this information mean? You can see it's obviously a VOR because it says VOR. Salem is the name of the VOR. 114.3 is the navigation frequency. SVM is the identifier for the VOR. And then we've got our Morse code right here. You got your dots and dashes, which actually say, if you know Morse code, SVM. So then you can listen to the Morse code and you know that you are tuned in to the correct facility. And that's the information right there on a VOR box. Again, reference the Navigation Aids VOR and Navigation Aids DME lessons on Wi-Fi CFI for a whole bunch more information. There is tons to know about VORs and DMEs and we didn't really cover any of it here. So if you need refreshes on that stuff or you need to learn that stuff, navigation aids VOR, navigation aids DME on Wi-Fi CFI. Moving on to airspace. We'll be able to bust through airspace pretty quick. This is what Class Bravo airspace looks like. All right, it's this uh, kind of light blue uh, circle showing Class Bravo. Reference the National Airspace System lesson for much more information on all airspace. This is what Class Charlie looks like, right here. It's this magenta kind of circle, so it kind of looks like Class Bravo, but it's a magenta color. Uh, there's also boxes that'll say, you know, contact Burbank approach within 20, mi 20 nautical miles on these frequencies. Uh, if you ever see like 48 and 30, those are the ceilings and the floors of Class Charlie airspace. You'll also see those on Class Bravo too. You'll see ceilings and floors. So 48, 30, that'd be the ceiling and the floor. Class Delta airspace is this kind of dark blue stitched airspace. It's stitched down to the surface here. All right. If you ever see minus signs, so this would say that uh, the Class Delta airspace here goes up to 2,700 feet. This one, if you see a minus sign in front of it, it means that it goes up to but does not include 2,700 feet. So up to but not including 2,700 feet. 2,699. Class Echo Airspace. Class Echo Airspace basically has one of three different floors. It can start at the surface, 700 feet AGL or 1200 feet AGL for the most part, okay? The surface is a stitched magenta. So you can see uh, it's kind of highlighted here in white too, but you got this magenta stitching. Inside of that, Echo starts at the surface. Over here, as you can see, we've also got this feathered magenta line that goes out and around some of this airspace. On the soft side of the feather, Class Echo starts at 700 feet AGL, and on the hard side or outside of this, it would start at 1,200 feet AGL. 
It can also start at different altitudes. As you can see, if you get this little blue sort of stitching looking like that, and it'll tell you the altitudes. And we got class golf. Basically, for the purposes of this presentation, class golf is just what is underneath class echo. There you go. All right, special conservation areas. This is what they look like. They're uh, lines here with little blue dots in them, and they'll say what the name of the wildlife refuge is. It could be a national park, a wildlife refuge, wilderness areas, whatever. They look like this. We've got our SFRAs and TFRs for national security. They look like this line with blue squares on them. And you can see this is the Washington, D.C. example. And we got some TFRs. If they're kind of more permanent TFRs, they can be drawn on charts as well. Appropriate notes will be shown. Special use airspace. We've got prohibited, restricted, and warning areas. They'll say P, R, W. They look like that. We've got alert areas. And it'll say A, 631. Sometimes it'll say why it's an alert area. Like it'll say concentrated student helicopter training. Um, we've seen also where it doesn't say why, but it still says it's an alert area. And then we've got our military operating areas, the MOAs, military operating areas right there. Again, in our national airspace system lesson, we go deep into all of these different things here. We're just showing you the symbols. So go to national airspace to learn more. Special air traffic rules look like that. Appropriate box note, as required, will be shown next to the adjacent area. So they're saying something in this area has special air traffic rules, and you can see the special notes. Pirates are required to obtain an ATC clearance before entering this area. All right. National security area, right there. So for reasons of national security, pilots are requested to avoid flight below 1,200 feet MSL in this area. Dashed magenta, thick magenta line there. We've got our Mode C veil, an ADSB out, 30 nautical miles around uh, Class Bravo airports. Mode C veil. Our ADIS, our contiguous US ADIS. So we've got the line with a bunch of uh, magenta purple dots. And it stands for Air Defense Identification Zone. We talk about that also in our National Airspace System lesson. MTRs and SMARs, military training routes, look like this. Light gray, dark, they'll say VR 269, or they could say IR for instrument routes. VR is just, you know, VFR routes. And then these are our SMARs, our special military activity areas. And they'll say ceilings and floors and AGL. And they'll have a little note. So you can think of black and dark gray as military stuff. Aerobatic practice area looks like that. Glider operations area, they'll show a glider. Hang gliders have an H. Ultralight activities have a U. Unmanned aircraft in the area are UA. Parachute jump operations area, we've got a little parachute jumper with a frequency that we can listen to to make sure we're not flying through a jump. And our space launch area, we've got Buzz Lightyear's space launch. Basically, it's just the symbols with a little A, G, H, U, U, A for what's going on in the area. VFR transition routes, they can be unidirectional or bidirectional. What we mean by that is if it just has one arrow, then it means you have to fly this direction. If it has two arrows, you can be going either way on the VFR transition route. And they're usually used to transition complicated airspace like Bravo airspaces. 
TRSA's Terminal Radar Service Area. It's going to include the name, the ceiling of the TRSA, and the floor, and more information-appropriate notes. For terminal Radar Service Areas, head over to National Airspace System Lesson to learn more on those. Navigational information. A couple things to help us navigate. We've got our isogonic lines, magnetic variations, intersections, that look like so. We've got our VHF, our LFMF, and our combined VHF and LFMF with the names next to them. Intersections. Airport beacons looking like that. Little stars. If you got a standalone beacon that's not with an airport, it can look like that and it'll have altitude. VFR checkpoints. These are different checkpoints that you can see. So when you're talking to when you're talking to ATC, they can tell you to go to Signal Hill. It's a VFR checkpoint. Or the Northbrook VR. It's got these little flags in it. Or head over to the state capitol. It's got the flags in it. Waypoints. Blue waypoints are RNAV waypoints. Black ones are VFR just standalone waypoints. And ones with the flag are VFR co-located with a checkpoint. So they'll flag it. Remember, blue ones are uh, GPS RNAV waypoints, and these ones are just VFR standalones. Then we've got a whole bunch of different obstructions and how they can show you obstructions on sectional charts. It looks like this. So number one is, there an, is that there is an obstruction under construction. Try to say that three times fast. So an obstruction under construction right here. This is an obstruction that is above 200 feet AGL but below 1,000 feet. So it's not a, it's between 200 and 1,000 feet AGL. It is depicted like so. This one is 1,000 feet AGL or higher. And this one is wind turbines. Right there. There are also groups of obstructions that are very similar. They're just multiple obstructions, not a single one. So this is between 200 and 1,000 feet AGL. This is where one of them is at least 1,000 feet AGL or higher. This is where at least two in the group as you can see, we've got two tall guys, are 1,000 feet AGL or higher, and this is a group of wind turbines. High-intensity obstruction lights, right here, we've got all of our lights, less than 1,000 feet AGL, 1,000 feet AGL or higher, wind turbine, and group obstructions that are lighted. Our maximum elevation figure, now you're going to see these all over the VFR section of charts. You got like a big number and then the little half size number next to it. The maximum elevation figure. This figure represents the highest elevation within a quadrant, including terrain and other vertical obstacles. So you can see all these quadrants, like these uh, light gray squares, you know, that are kind of stitched off around the VFR sectional chart. And you'll see a big number in, in that quadrant. That's the maximum elevation figure or MEF. They are rounded up to the nearest 100 foot value and the last two digits in the number are not shown. So they're showing what is the tallest elevation in that section, rounded up to the next 100, and they don't show the last two. So it'd be 13,500 feet would be the tallest thing in that quadrant of the VFR sectional. And then we've got populated areas. These are areas that are lighted yellow like so. Lots of lights means it's populated, and that can be helpful for when we are flying at night. That's it. There you go. Those are some of the more common uh, symbols that you're going to see on both VFR sectional 
and tack charts. Again, there is additional symbology. You got like railroads and rivers and stuff like that that we didn't cover. But if you ever want to go look those things up, FAA, FAA Aeronautical Chart User Guide to see them. You can now head over and take the VFR Chart Symbology Quiz. See if you can remember all of the, these symbols throughout the quiz. And we will see you guys next time.